0: Welcome, everyone. We're so grateful that you're with us today for another podcast episode. We're so thankful that you listen in to the Preserving Families podcast. We know there's a lot of other podcasts you could listen to, so thank you for taking the time for being with us today.
1: Today, I'm going to start off with a little anecdotal story to introduce our topic. And this is from a book called Beyond the Myth of Marital Happiness by Dr. Blaine Fowers. And he tells a little story about Jim and Sarah, who have been married for about 10 years. And Jim loved to eat oatmeal every morning for breakfast. And Sarah caught up and cooked it for him every morning. Good but, wife, right? That's yeah. cool. cool program. Yeah. But in the morning, she'd get distracted making all the kids' lunches, helping them get ready for school, making them breakfast. And a lot of times, his oatmeal would get very lumpy. And Jim hated lumpy oatmeal. And he would complain bitterly that he had been telling Sarah for 10 years, you know, why do you keep making me lumpy oatmeal? I hate this. Every time, right? And Sarah would defend herself and remind him of some of his faults, you know, and kind of, you know, get defensive and go back on him. And therefore, most days began with a fight.
0: Every day. Yeah. That's uh, not, not a good program, right? So is there a way to solve that problem? Right. So what
1: could Jim and Sarah do (laughs) about this little problem? Well, I
0: think it's a great story of what we'll call a marital expectation, right? You know, and an expectation, that's a great, you know, just to clarify what that word even means, you know, really without being too simple and saying, well, it's what you expect from your partner in a relationship. Let me read you from the Oxford Dictionary, a strong belief that something will happen or that something will happen in the future. And so we all have these expectations in marriage. That doesn't mean they're all good. Sometimes they come from the fantasy world to some degree. I think it's pretty amazing that Sarah actually made Jim breakfast every morning, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. That's something that I don't know every, that everyone would expect. But one of the things we do in our BYU classes is we, is we share a story like that. And the question is, okay, how do you solve that problem? And I think most of us would say, sounds like Jim needs to start making breakfast himself. Yeah, well he to... can
1: make his own non-lumpy oatmeal. <laughs> right.
0: Uh, maybe Sarah needs to do something herself, you know, to, to make a change there. But, but once again, the idea that we're fixed on is just how powerful expectations are in, in marital relationships. In fact, it comes down to this. If you want to be happy in a marriage... We could even say uh, having a high degree of satisfaction and joy in a marriage. Number one, couples have to meet each other's needs. And number two, they really need to meet each other's expectations. So I think expectations, I tell people in our counseling practice all the time that if we can figure out their expectations and their marital needs and find a way to meet those, you're going to be happy, right? It's going to happen. That is a great source and a great root for most marital problems. So
1: I know going into marriage, Mark, that I had certain expectations, right? Like you've... You had a few. We You watch the rom-coms and the mm-hmm. Hallmark movies, and it's just, you know, couples having these wonderful relationships and these doing cute things for each other and dancing in the rain and picking flowers together, you know? Mm-hmm. And so yes. I think at some point we come into these relationships with these <laughs> idealistic you know, probably sometimes crazy, you know, expectations. I think there's others we expect, you know, that are more down to earth and things that we expect out of our relationship. But um, I know that we came into marriage, you know, well, at least I did. I can speak for myself that we came in with a few expectations that were kind of silly now that we look back, right?
0: (laughs) Well, I actually remember, I don't know if you remember this conversation, but I remember Because you were thinking of picking the tulips and dancing through the field and and twirling around to music from some (laughs) country music. (laughs) Yeah. And I was thinking in a different way. And I still remember one day wrestling you. I don't know if you remember this. We were kind of wrestling. And I remember you stopping and going, hey, you know what? I don't I don't really like doing this. That
1: that hurts me. I don't like wrestling.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I remember, you know, growing up in a house with all boys, practically, you know, And that's just what we did every, you know, it was almost a way that, oh, if you like someone, you wrestle. (laughs) I think I was trying to show you how much I liked you, by how much, uh, and I just remember you saying, no, this is not going to happen. This is not how we're going to do this.
1: Well, I remember one of my expectations. I grew up in a house where birthdays are a big deal. We, Mm. you know, you decorate, you have your favorite meals throughout the day. Everybody's praising you and you're the center of attention and you're the queen for the day. So on our my first birthday as a new as a new couple, I remember it was so anticlimactic. I think you <laughs> kind of handed a little gift to me and said, "Oh, I have to go study for a test." You know what I mean? And and every other day, you were totally doting on me and we spent time together and it just seemed like it was almost the opposite on my birthday and I remember calling my mom just crushed like <gasps> Oh, like, he just devastated me on my birthday. (laughs) And so we had to get through that. And luckily, our birthdays are a week apart. And so my mom's sage advice was, Okay, now it's his birthday coming up next week. Show him what a birthday looks like. Shower him, dote on him, do all the things so he can learn what your expectation is and what birthdays are going to look like going forward <laughs> in our home. So I thought that was a really good classic Well, I remember example. being
0: in your home when it was some of your siblings' birthdays after that, and I was like, oh my gosh, this family, it's like, <laughs> there was like a parade down Main Street and the Goodyear Blimp flying over with their name on it, and it was like an all-out thing. And, I, and once again, sometimes these expectations, we'll talk more about this in a minute, but they do come from kind of how we were raised and how things were done in our own homes. You know, speaking of wrestling, uh, you know, I grew up in a family that the entire culture was sports. You know, that was just what we did. And I just assumed that athletics and sports would be part of our marriage. And we did do some things, you know, prior to marriage. We played racquetball and did some basketball and some other tennis and some other physical things together. And so I had no reason to believed that it was going to change once we got married. And I remember, you know, that first (laughs) week of marriage going jogging together and having you stop right at running. Uh, We were running down, I don't know, First East or something in Provo or whatever it was. And you stopped right in your tracks. I still remember to this day, (laughs) that intersection where you stopped. I go, wait, what's going on? And you said, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. I was like, what do you mean? We just like started, you know, practically. And you said, I hate jogging, you know, I just, or I hate, I hate to run. I don't like it. And I remember being so devastated because in my <laughs> mind, I had this vision, Talk about an expectation that we were going to be this family that we you all... Just got up and ran every morning Yeah, we were all ran together. We had matching sweatpants or something. And, and uh, I was like, well, that's over, you know, and uh, anyway, and so really interesting. We had to work our work our way through some of that. And I, was, I was happy to learn that you did like to exercise just in other ways, and, and you did, and that was great. Here's what research says. Research shows over and over again that expectations in marriage predict marital quality and marital satisfaction, and that marital satisfaction occurs when needs, expectations, and desires in the marriage are met. I think that is so true. You know, this reminds me of uh, LDS marriage and family therapist, Charles Beckert, who I've always loved reading his stuff, but he said, a major cause of marital dissatisfaction is the unwillingness and or ability of one partner in a marriage relationship to behave in the manner expected by the spouse. End of quote. Now, what we would say is that when expectations aren't met, spouses can become frustrated. In fact, that frustration can turn into anger and resentment as the marriage becomes unsatisfying, unhealthy, and even Unhappy quite quickly. And this is why expectations have to be talked about, visited with, communicated over and over again. A few years ago, there was a study done by some LDS researchers. They asked marriage and family therapists, psychologists, social workers, counselors, psychotherapists who were members of the church what the most common problem was facing LDS couples. Or in other words, in your practice, when you visit with these couples, what is it that you see the most? Unrealistic expectations was the number one answer. 71% of those therapists said, yeah, number one, unrealistic expectations. And so speaking of unrealistic expectations, that's something that has to be addressed over and over again in a marriage. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I know that early on in our marriage that I when my expectations weren't met, I would take them really personally. Like I would get offended and think in my head, if he really loved me, he would know, using back to my birthday example, but he would know that birthdays are special. Like, why didn't he do that? You mean me? Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm saying I would think that in my head. It's like, if he really loved me, or another example is, you know, he would plan, hey, we're going to go on a road trip this weekend and we're going to go drive up in the mountains and see the beautiful waterfalls or whatever. And I would think, ugh. If he knew me, or if he really cared, he wouldn't have planned that because I get really car sick and motion sick. Right. And for me that sounded like torture. <laughs> Where to him he just thought he was planning a nice trip. And I'm like, oh, if he really knew me, he wouldn't have planned that. You know, or <laughs> it, we just it's just crazy funny how we at least I think I do, and I can't speak for all women, but I think I hear that a lot. So I wanna say that sometimes we as women expect our husbands to read our mind. Right. And I think that's one of the really important things with marital expectation is that we have to verbalize what we're thinking. We have to verbalize our dreams, our hopes, our expectations, our, you know, here's what I f- picture this holiday looking like. Here's what I picture this vacation looking like, or because our husbands just, I don't think, get it, may, right? <laughs> we, we may not just think that way. Right.
0: Or or even myself, right? Not communicating to you or even ever, ever having a conversation that I really hope that we have a culture of running in our marriage. We're going to run (laughs) together, but I never talked to you about that. I just assumed you would do that, you know?
1: Right. So we come into marriage with these assumptions and if we want them to have happen or close to it or to, you know, bring our two dreams together, we have to communicate. I can't just sit here and sulk because my husband didn't know to bring me a Diet Dr. Pepper instead of a, a Sprite or whatever. <laughs> like he can't read my mind. And so I need to say, thanks, honey, but I really do like Diet Dr. Pepper more than Sprite. So next time.
0: <laughs> right, right. Well, it's kind of interesting too. You know, we we did a little informal survey and we talked to some people that we know, and we asked them about their marital expectations. And we heard a lot of different variation on uh, you know, just some different areas and topics of what those expectations look like or don't look like. For example, someone we interviewed told us that they didn't realize that their husband was never going to be home, meaning that their husband became a doctor and has a really busy schedule, and that's just not something she thought much of, you know, early on in their marriage. Another person we interviewed said that they didn't realize, that their husband was more of a follower rather than a leader, you know, that was very happy to do just kind of whatever his wife wanted to do. And, you know, was happy with that.
1: One that I thought was funny,
0: <laughs> funny in quotes, because she said,
1: I never knew my husband wasn't going to be funny.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I was
1: like, wow, you didn't know that before you got married? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You thought,
0: you think you would see a few signs of that one. Uh, you know, a couple of them talked about, you know, um, uh, you know, maybe their husbands aren't as social as they thought they were going to be. Because before marriage, maybe they were more social, more more were, were more interactive. You know, with other people. And uh, but I love what one of these uh, women said to us, where she said, "You know what? Marriage is so different now than I ever dreamed it would be from what I imagined as a 16-year-old girl. But the things that my husband has taught our family and the things that he's exposed them to." In terms of sports and outdoor things and, and things that she never really dreamed of. Different she's,
1: adventures and different places that they've taken versus what she thought. Right, she
0: right. And she's like, wow, it's in a lot of ways, it's it's so much better than what I... I just never thought that way, right? And so...
1: <laughs> One of my mm. favorite quotes is um, from actually Sister Nelson, Dancil Nelson. And somebody asked her once about her marital expectations about President Nelson. And with a twinkle mm-hmm. in her eye, she mm-hmm. said... When I got when I married him, I didn't expect much, so I was never disappointed.
0: <laughs> there you go. There's the and so answer if right there. So we keep
1: our expectations low; we're never disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> totally
0: true, right? I and mean, yeah. maybe, but you know, once again, the research backs that up by saying that women do expect more for marriage than men do, and yet. Research also shows that men are usually happier in marriage than women are because I think they expect a lot <laughs> yeah, less. Yeah, I
1: think we do. We have these right. yeah, great expectations.
0: Let's talk for a minute about origins of expectations. Where do we ex- our expectations come from? And I would say first, you know, and there's no order here, but I would say first of all, from our parents, from our, from our families, the, the families that we grew up in, what we observed from our own parents. I think it's funny, less... Pratt, one of the great marriage authors um, and researchers in our country, uh, told the story of growing up in a home where his mom would never allow a ketchup bottle, you know, on the kitchen table. <laughs> Neither uh, did my mom. <laughs> yeah. Like that was like some great sin. And so ketchup was always served in a bowl with a spoon. Mm-hmm. And and Les tells this, you know, as he shares this experience, he tells of how stupid he thought that was. And that, and that literally he, he thought to himself, when I'm a dad one day, when I'm a husband, Uh, we're going to have ketchup in a bottle for sure, you know, in in my house. And then, and then he gets married and his wife has ketchup in a bottle, which is what he always dreamed about, right? On the table. And he goes right into, no, that's totally wrong. We can't have ketchup in a, in a bottle. We've got to have it in a bowl. Even he didn't even agree with it, but that just shows you the grip and how powerful these cultures are, right? The family of
1: origin. In our
0: family. Yeah. Something he wasn't really even excited about, but ends up just doing it because that's just how, how his was, mom did it. How his mom did it,
1: yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Another place that we come up with these expectations are just people in our neighborhood, our community, maybe our wards, the people that we grew up. I had this awesome um, Sunday school teacher and his wife that taught me for a couple of years in my you know early preteen high school years. And I just thought they walked on water. I thought they were the cutest, most wonderful couple. And they were, and they still are. And they just taught me so much, but I just wanted a relationship like theirs. You know, I wanted to look like them. I wanted to be all things them. And so, you know, I think we just gather these, these expectations.
0: From those who are around us, you know, and another one, another area is church teachings, right? Are part of our doctrine, maybe theology, but also just culture, we have young women lessons, probably more oh, than... The you perfect
1: know. family, the, perf- the perfect mother the, looks like.
0: The perfect marriage, maybe, or, or what you dream about. In fact, I know, Janie, that was quite common in your day. And even in the day of some of our daughters, that in young women's, you'd come up with the list, right? You'd come up with the list of all the incredible traits you, your future husband was going to have. Because I remember you reading <laughs> that list we did. to me a time or two.
1: I remember in young women's, we wrote letters to our future husbands. We did a mm. whole time capsule on our wedding of what our wedding would look like, what the attributes that our future husband would have, and we'd seal them up. And, and that was hilarious to open, you know, <laughs> once we were engaged. And so those kind of expectations that you're taught and you think that this that's what marriage and bliss looks like, that yeah. you come into marriage, you know, with those ideals.
0: And even, you know, it, it goes past young women's and young men's, even into now our young single adult wards and stakes as they are being taught different things in lessons, fifth Sundays, but also in their marriage preparation classes, uh, some of those expectations can be developed and and taught quite strongly.
1: And then one other thing that I really think is probably the hugest resource or the things that where we come in with our marital expectation is from movies, from books, from things that we're seeing, the social internet, media, social media, yeah. things like that. So, you know, when we come into marriage and our husband can't keep his hands off of us and we're not riding in carriages with
0: horseback on the beach.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, going on sunlit cruises and, you know, all the time, I think our marital expectations come down, come crashing down because, you know, we're, we're taught in movies and romance novels that that's just how things are. And that's not real life.
0: Right. Right. So sometimes, we we can become quite disappointed.
1: It's kind of funny. We had a daughter who actually watched a a movie or some TV show about some she, romantic comedy. Some right? romantic comedy about her and her boyfriend riding a bike together, like a
0: beach kind of one of those beachcomber bikes. Yeah, where right? he was
1: driving and she was sitting in the basket. So our daughter literally, her boyfriend was coming into town to see her, and she literally went and bought a bike so they could go recreate that scene. <laughs> and that's how powerful media is. Right, right, right <laughs> out of the movie. It was a line right out of the movie. Yeah.
0: So, so as we talk about marital expectations now, uh, one of the things that we want to make clear is that these marital expectations are something that you probably would talk about obviously before marriage and, and that's certainly a big target area is prior to marriage, but also during marriage. Or in other words, we want to make it clear that couples who have been married 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years can have strong discussions about marital expectations because our expectations are often changing. And it's never too late to change. And so if someone's listening to listening to us right now and saying, that's all great, but we've been married for so long, nothing's ever going to change. It's never it's never too late to change. And the document that we're about to share with you, you could email us at preservingfamiliespodcast at gmail.com. One more time, preservingfamiliespodcast at gmail.com. And we'll send you a copy of the worksheet that we're about to share with you. The idea of this worksheet is this. Number one, we first want to be able to identify what our expectations are in marriage. Number two, we need to know what we expect from ourselves on that expectation, right? I know that sounds weird, but let me explain it this way. Years ago in a counseling session, I had a husband tell me that he wanted his wife to weigh what she weighed in high school. They were probably in their 40s at this point. She had had four kids. And he said, I want my wife to weigh, and I don't remember what the weight was, but it was whatever she weighed as a senior in high school. And by the way, the wife did not look like heavy to me at all. I mean, she looked like she was in pretty great shape. But I told the husband, I said, I don't think you can ask that. And he said, why not? And I said, well, do you weigh what you weighed in high school? And he said, no. I said, okay. If you want to expect something from your spouse, you have to be willing to do that your sp- yourself. So number two, back to number two again, but we want to, as we identify an expectation, let's also identify what do we expect from ourselves in that area? And then number three, identify how your spouse can meet those expectations. You know, what is it that you need from them in that area?
1: So I really like the idea of this chart because now that we've been married, for many many years <laughs> <New moons. laughs> that our expectations have changed and constantly change and they change even from year to year or month to month and so i think this is this chart is really good for couples to sit down and maybe talk about what their expectations are since they do change so some of the but also
0: on a regular basis right yeah. in other words i think this needs to be revisited you know over and over again Right, yeah.
1: again, so that I can't be mad if you're not reading my mind and knowing what I want. I need to tell you, and I think we need to talk about these areas. So some of the areas that we've kind of identified, and some people might have other things, but these are the ones we've identified, are socialization. You know, mm-hmm. are we doing enough with couples? Are we meeting, doing things with people in our ward? Are we those yeah, kind of having things? having fun are, with other people. Or, or are just are nose our nose to the grindstone. And <laughs> whatever. Right. Um, the recreation, money management, sexual intimacy. Is that enough or Too much or too less or whatever it is. In-law relationship. How's that? How that's going? Child raising and discipline. Household duties and chores. That could be up and changing depending on the season of life. Religious practice and spirituality. What do we expect from each other in that area? Um, Job or career. Media, television, social media, computer time. Phone time. How, you know, are we spending too much time or our spouse
0: or... right.
1: Um, health, exercise, fitness, maybe we need to encourage each other in that area more or whatever education, continued courtship and romance, which, you know, is, I think we definitely need to always be monitoring that.
0: And (laughs) that should be at the top of our list. Right. Right. So, you know, I know for, let's say child raised in discipline, uh, that's a great one because it's changing, right? You know, at a stage of our life, our children are all toddlers. And then there's a stage where they become you know teenagers and then there's a stage where we are right now where your children are adults you know and so and
1: we're empty nesters so that's changed our life drastically right
0: and so what do i expect of myself in that area well maybe now i would expect that i find time you know to spend with our children and have fun activities planned with them and our in our grandchildren and then what would i expect of my spouse the same thing let's have let's find some time to have some very purposeful deliberate intentional activities with our family where 20 years ago, maybe my expectation is don't get mad, you know, at, at something or try to uh, focus on this gospel principle with one of your children or whatever. So so yes, for sure, things do change over time. And that's why this needs to be revisited over and over again.
1: And I think this is a great chart that you could each, as marriage partners, fill out on your own and then come together and kind of see, we've done this before and you and- it's kind of like, oh wow, we are way off on this one <laughs> And then other areas are like, okay, we're thinking alike and so then you kind of discuss and and find out where that that happy middle is. but I think it's a great exercise.
0: I think that's great. I think what a great homework assignment right for any couple is to go through that kind of uh, that kind of exercise or activity and and it can only be beneficial. to recommend to all couples, first we have to be willing to discuss and to talk about, these expectations with each other. And once again, over and over, it's not going to work to do this one time.
1: What if you have a partner who doesn't want to open up and discuss those kind of things?
0: First of all, I would say that's very difficult. I mean, that's going to be a difficult marriage if you're married to someone who doesn't want to talk and discuss anything along the lines of improvement, you know, or, or anything that would strengthen the marriage. That's tough. But I love, you know, in the New Testament, Matthew chapter seven, Sermon on the Mount you know, the beat and the beam and the moat in the, our eyes, you know, and that we can't be so fixed on the splinter in someone else's eye when we have maybe a, a beam coming out of our own. And maybe that's a little bit too too graphic, but I guess what I'm thinking of is the eye change first rule. I think what I would do first, Janie, in that situation is, okay, we just showed you that worksheet or we talked about it. Work on your own expectations for yourself. That's really all you can do right now. You have to work on what you can control, you know. And right now, what you have control over is yourself. So you work on that part and let's see what develops from that. You know, just like your mom uh, said to you, you go throw the biggest birthday party for him ever and see if he catches on. You know? and, and hopefully a partner will be responsive to your efforts to make changes and improvements in the marriage. Second, be, be prepared to compromise and to work with each other, you know, on, on some of these needs and to be adjustable, flexible.
1: Because we're, I know right now we're trying to figure out a vacation and we can't decide. And so there are, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of places we aren't going to decide. And then that's a silly. We're not going to be aligned. We're not going right. to be aligned. And that's a silly example. But we have so many things. There's so many areas in our marriage that we are so much alike. And there's so many areas that we see the world totally different. And yeah. so it's constantly a juggling act on how to make our expectations Flow together sometimes.
0: And if you feel any guilt, don't. Because President Kimball, who was one of the most kind, Christ like prophets you would ever know of, told the story in his biography of when he and his wife, Camilla, did not agree on what to do with some money that they had come into. She wanted to buy a new house and he wanted to go on vacation. So they divided the money up and she worked on getting the new house and he went on a vacation by himself.
1: (laughs) Maybe we should just go on (laughs) a (laughs) vacation. Well, at least we both want to go on a vacation, so that's good.
0: And then finally, you would want to review those expectations periodically and make adjustments like we talked about. You know, couples can do that on a weekly basis in a couple's meeting or on a monthly basis or a quarterly basis. And I always think it's great to make an event of that, do something to make it cool. You know, you're at at least a nice Italian restaurant or something <laughs> and not just, you know, sitting in your living room uh, with kids running around.
1: And I know we like to go away overnight a few times a year and just have our kind of couple meeting, like regroup. How's, you know, how's our life looking? What do we have coming up the next few months? And, we, you know, we just try to like...
0: Kind like, of plan ahead and yeah. forecast a little bit. And yeah, to make, make an
1: event of it. I like that
0: yeah, make some plans that way. The reason why this is so crucial to meet each other's expectations is because it definitely will, well, it's directly tied to happiness, joy, and satisfaction in the marriage relationship. So that's one reason. But another reason is by meeting each other's expectations, we are drawing ourselves together. We are connecting we're building this welding link together. We're becoming more unified in the marriage and solidifying our our relationship in a strong and powerful way. And so expectations are crucial. You want to bond yourself together, not not divide yourself apart by not caring or not meeting each other's needs. And once again, by meeting each other's expectations, by being aware, by showing a partner that we care about them and we want to meet those expectations what it does is it solidifies our commitment to each other it solidifies our connection to each other and those you know those expectations do change over time
1: and i feel i feel like it builds a strong foundation in a marriage where it builds our commitment our love for each other it strengthens us so that when hard times come you know we have a solid foundation to rely on right because every marriage goes through it we all have trials, ups and downs in life, and we have to have that concrete, cement, foundation. iron foundation. Yeah. And I think that's what meeting each other's expectations and learning about each other and growing with each other over time, I think that's what cements that.
0: Yeah, and of course, in our LDS culture, we want to build that foundation on the Savior and his teachings. But to be connected to each other is, is an incredible strength and benefit that can come to every couple,
1: yeah. So in closing, I want to share this this story about um, somebody that many of you probably remember, Christopher Reeves, the actor who played mm. Superman in all those original <laughs> or some of those original movies. And he was an incredible, you know, six four, two
0: 220 pound.
1: Just a handsome mm. actor and larger than life kind of guy. And he was thrown from a horse and became a quadriplegic. Quadriplegic. Um, five days after the accident, he was coherent enough to understand the extent of his injuries and the doctors, when they were explaining to him that he would have to go undergo a surgical procedure to reconnect his skull to the top of his spine, this procedure was really risky. And the medical team explained to Chris that there was a chance that he wouldn't survive the surgery. He told the doctors that he felt like he should go ahead with the surgery. And as Chris began to ponder the gravity, the gravity of this situation and a future, life of him in a wheelchair and what that would entail and kind of the loss of everything that he had known, his wife Dana came into the hospital room. And in his words, he said, we made eye contact. I mouthed my first lucid words to her. Maybe we, sh- we should let me go. She said, I'm only going to say this once, Chris, I will support you whatever you want to do, because this is your life and your decision. But I want you to know that I will be with you for the long haul, no matter what. And then she added the words that saved my life. You're still you, and I love you. He said, if she had looked away or paused or hesitated even slightly, or if I had felt that there was a sense of her being noble or fulfilling some obligation to me, I don't know if I could have pulled through because it had dawned on me that I had ruined my life and everybody else's. But what Dana had had said made living possible Mm. because I felt the depth of her love and commitment I was even even able to make a little joke. I mouthed, this is way beyond the marriage vows in sickness and in health. And she Mm -hmm. said, I know. I knew then that she was going to be with me forever.
0: Great story. Well, with Let's Do Something, LDS Let's Do Something, our invitation today is to have a conversation with your spouse and come to understand each other's expectations. And then go to work and find a way to meet those. Now, a warning that anytime we try to meet multiple exp- expectations were probably going to fail. And so what we do is we focus on one thing. And Janie, I would ask you and say, okay, honey, of these expectations that you've just identified, what's one of them that I could work on this week? And you could kind of identify what that is. And then you could ask the same, what's one of yours that I could work on? And we kind of work on this a piece at a time. But you would never try to work on 12 or 15 <laughs> expectations at the same time. Please feel free to share this podcast episode with anyone that you think could benefit from it. And we are so grateful always to be with you and to hear your feedback. So thank you so much for that. We look forward to seeing you next time where we're going to to talk about the next topic that builds upon this one, which is how to meet our spouse's marital needs.
1: And needs are different than expectations. (laughs) So tune in to find what that
0: Right. is. We'll see you next week.